Hey guys, it's Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor doing a Sunday evening podcast. Uh, I got a few more hours before I have to hit the rack before I start the weekly grind at the job again, but there's a few hours left, so we're going to enjoy them as much as we can. So I thought I'd uh, kind of do a podcast. So sit back, here we go. Dude, it's Vance on your post-apoc theme. One movie, Six String Samurai. If you've never found it, it's the greatest rockabilly post-apocalyptic samurai movie ever made. Find it now. A strong command message by VA, and I did actually. At least I went and found the... Um, what do you want to call it? The movie trailer for it on uh, YouTube, and it, it uh, pretty much sounds exactly. It looks exactly like what VA said. They post 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 apocalyptic uh, rockabilly samurai movie. Who knew? Didn't know that existed. It looks as cheesy as it sounds. Uh, I'm gonna have to probably take a look at it and see if there's anything there I can find. Thanks for calling it VA. The suggestion should be amusing. Hey, Tim. This is Yoder here. I uh, just listened to your podcast, and uh, it reminded me, uh, I was thinking earlier uh, about um, doing a post-apocalyptic game, but um, having it like a combination so uh, DCC, there's two zines, uh, uh, Crawling Under a Broken Moon, which is like a post-apocalyptic United States. And then there is one called Crawljammer, which is like a uh, sword and planet uh, zine. Now, I was thinking of having it, starting it on Earth, but then you could like go to the other planets and stuff. So you can just combine those two things. So, yep, pretty interesting. All right, I'll catch you later. Take care. Bye. Hey, Jim, thanks for calling in. I do have uh, copies of both those zines. I'm not really sure how many I have. I think I probably have, like, I don't know, at least the first three to five or six of them of each. I know there's more than that out there, but... Um, yeah, I'll have to check those out too to get maybe get some inspiration for it. Uh, uh, see what see what kind of ideas I can get from it. So thanks for calling in because I actually had forgotten about those being um, post-apocalyptic. So that's a good idea. Tim, it's Froth. I like the God Twist. I like that the God wasn't what they thought it it was going to be. Um, maybe it just momentarily stunned your players and they'll they'll come up with something. You know, they'll think about it over the week and, and come back with some ideas. But anyway, it kind of reminds me of the end of Time Bandits where they find out the supreme being and and what they thought, thought he was and everything. Something like that. Anywho, see you later. Tim, just listening to your stinker game and how bad it went. Uh, after you came back from the bio break, what did you guys talk about? That's what I want to know. Did you talk about the game or did you talk about the weather and how everybody was doing? If you were talking about the game, I don't think that's a bad thing. 
You know, is it a good movie when you all walk out of the movie theater, look at each other and say goodbye? Or is it a good movie when you all decide that you need to go out and eat so you can talk about it for a half hour? That's what I'm thinking. Um, the game is not just the game, right? It's, that's, it's why I'm so big on metagaming. It's the game is the game outside the game as well. So if you introduce something so shifting to their perspective like you did and they sit around and talk about it for a half hour that's amazing that's an amazing game I look for that stuff I live for that stuff I want my players to sit and be conflicted outside of their characters I love that shit and it sounds like you're doing a good job Tim so keep it up that was a double shot for my stinker of a game episode uh, and uh, for Rich we did not talk about game. If we had talked about the game itself, I think it would have been a little bit, uh, a bit more of a success in that way. But it wasn't that they were t- just talking about other things and and uh, were asking me questions about some of the stuff that I was doing at the time. We had a um, some of the sometimes they ask questions about certain aspects of my job and. Unfortunately, that's what we kind of ended up on, and and I can kind of I could kind of tell by the way the whole thing was going that we weren't going to get back to the game, and I was fine with that. I just figured sometimes you just got to let off the pedal a little bit and uh, let the players kind of just kind of re-energize, and then we'll get back into it next week. So no big deal there. Looking forward to seeing what comes of it next week now. So. Uh, Froth and uh, Rich, thanks for calling in. And yeah, Froth, I thought it was kind of a fun twist. But like I said, I think I kind of uh, short-circuited their uh, way of thinking. But ah, we'll see what happens. All right, guys, this is now... Tuesday afternoon, a drive home podcast. I, I can't remember when I started my other one. Uh, I just thought I, I kind of ran out of steam when I was doing it and kind of forgot about it. So now I'm driving home and uh, just thought I would uh, kind of comment on a few things. We had our game last night. It was kind of an interesting game too. Uh, we had pretty much the full crew right now. Eric playing as cleric, Matt playing as halfling, Sean playing as fighter, and um, Joe playing as dwarf. And uh, they kind of continued on. Last week they kind of got attacked by these tree gas, which were nasty little things. And they kind of just continued on their quest to find the... Uh, Chancer's Grotto, and they did find it, explored it. They definitely didn't clear it out, but they uh, encountered some nasty stuff. They encountered like these, they kept on finding all this webbing around the area, and they kept on, then in the morning, they woke up and they found webbing in the, in the trees where they were camping, and they kept on thinking it was spiders, spiders, and even though it wasn't kind of spider webby, it was more just like a, you know, um, blats of, uh, wads of webbing. There you go. Wads of webbing. Oh, there's a spell. I might have to do that actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, they soon found out like part of the, part of it was the, these little like one foot demon things. 
they, in the book I was looking that I got them from, inspired from, is they were called a skittering demon. But I added a couple things to them. One of them was that they shot out webbing from their back end, almost like from their abdomen area, and uh, it was just sort of a. Was, just think of it as like a camouflage. Um, you know, it's it's it doesn't really do anything to people except make them afraid that there's going to be spiders there. It's sort of like a camouflage thing that they do. And, uh, so they, they ended up fighting those. And in my game, like, uh, Eric's clerics able to turn demons also. And, and his turn ability does damage. And, uh, he used his turn ability and just basically obliterated the small group of demons that were attacking him. And then they ended up finding out that there was this, um, textile merchant named Humberto who had joined this cult the, the Chanter's cult and they were going to rebuild or build this abbey back up and you know they were arguing with this one guy about plans on how to do it uh, how much Humberto was being he's a very flamboyant merchant and he brags about how much money he has and something along those lines and the, the other guy was just trying to say hey we need to be quiet about this we don't need to attract attention there's like a whole bunch of adventurers just right up the road from us we don't need them to start knocking down our doors until we get things set up and established well the party interrupted that meeting and while they didn't kill either guy they they were able to subdue both they surrendered and while they did this, this giant-ass demon, he's like 10 foot tall, 700 pounds, like a big giant slug. I guess you could say it was almost like a Jabba the Hutt kind of thing, except his blood was made of this acid stuff like a, from, from the alien. And um, they had, the party actually found a few globes of it at the entrance that were set up as a trap so when they would trip the hit the tripwire these three glass globes of acid would fall and and do some nasty damage to whoever was beneath but they ended up seeing the trap and actually taking the balls of acid and um, preserving them uh, they ended up fighting the demon and it looked like uh, Shane was I think he was down to negative three again but uh, Eric was able to bring him back from the you know death was reaching out for poor Scrode tapping on his shoulder but uh, Rathgar pulled him back saved him for another day but he also got um, all he lost all of his, pretty much all of his equipment because this demon slug thing when the when it finally died the, the the skin and the sinew and whatever just kind of burst open and it affect you know this like a 10 foot area was uh, coated in this acid stuff and and unfortunately when they struck the last blow Shane was right in that 10 foot area and poor Scrode went down for the for the second time in two games and I think both times he was on the brink of death but was pulled back at the last second. It was an interesting fight because I didn't think it was going to go so well for the party. They uh, they needed like a silver or magic weapon to hit it, 
And plus, when they were hitting it, the, the acid was actually damaging their weapons as they were um, whacking this uh, big old demon. Uh, Eric had a masterwork uh, two-handed sword, but he cut the demon with it. It didn't do any damage, but it basically eliminated the masterwork part of it. It's, so it's just like minus one to damage. It was plus one. Yeah, minus one, so now it's just a normal two-handed sword because of all the damage that happened to it. It was a fun game because there was a lot of tactics on the player side that they were doing. They were maneuvering, trying to figure out uh, how to do it because of the special need of hitting it with silver or magic weapons because the party didn't have a magic user in the party. Uh, so they're, they're kind of relying on the cleric and some magic items that they happen to have, or at least silvered items that they have. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a, so they're, they, so they encountered those guys, you know, they haven't really explored but one room in the entire place. There's not that many in there, but, uh, they, uh, basically are counting their losses and leaving after that because they did get damaged pretty because i was surprised that they lasted through the fight because the dwarf joe's character was standing toe to toe with him by himself there for a few rounds and luckily the demon they rolled a couple of twos so he missed joe both times for that um but yeah it was fun uh it was it was an exciting game however what we're gonna what i'm gonna do eric did a podcast uh i think it was yesterday i think right after the game and was talking about the cleric and the spell abilities of the cleric and how kind of ho-hum it sort of is. And it is kind of ho-hum. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of utility spells that you're not really going to use so much like in combat. You probably like use it in a role-playing thing or just like off-camera, so to speak. And uh, so what I did is what I what I'm thinking about doing is the turn ability for me isn't just a turn ability. I call them divine acts. So you got, so if you're, for every level you are, you get one divine act that day. So fifth level gets five, five divine acts. Da -da -da -da. And they can be used for various things. And it's, it's mainly for role playing stuff. It's, you know, uh, like yesterday, uh, Matt, his little holy hobbit, did a toast to the great imbiber poured some alcohol into his holy symbol which is a tank silver tankard he drank the thing and he charged into battle so for that the great imbiber granted him 2d4 uh temporary hit points for the for the fight things like that i think it makes it cool it makes it interesting for the cleric because we know how fickle gods kind of are in folklore and i think that kind of adds a little flavor to the game and i'm going to do that with like kind of talk to eric how he wants to role play because i do like to talk to the players about these kind of things and, more, and with eric i want some of those utility spells um and i can't think of them offhand right now that he was talking about but if you wanted to cast them like during a non-combat sequence and he could use one of his divine act slots for such an occasion and I, I think that would be cool because then it would make those spells kind of useful in game without using, you know, because your your spell, your, your especially your cure spells, 
because um, those things are, are precious little nuggets there that they rarely get and everything. But we're going to play test that a little bit, see how it works out. I like the idea of it. It doesn't mean it plays well, but I don't see why it wouldn't. I I'm kind of got the idea from 5th edition, actually, because I know they use utility spells and you can do rituals. And therefore, you, you do these rituals and you don't have to use a spell slot to cast like a read magic spell or a detect magic spell. You can just do a 10-minute ritual and you're good to go. And that's kind of what I figure we would do for the Divine Act or something. You'd have to do a small ritual or something, and then he would be able to use that spell and um, keep his other spell slots for when the, when the time gets tough. So, all right, guys, I think that was it for today. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I think I'm heading up to Erie today. I'm going to start writing some more on my... Uh, 100 henchmen, 100 hirelings. Uh, I think I'm at 50 right now. I have some that I'm going to pull from different resources in my adventures, so I should be able to bulk it up pretty pretty fast to, I would say, the mid-70s from other adventures, I think. So that shouldn't be too tough. But All right, guys, I'm out of here. Take care. Roll better than me. We'll talk soon.